pick, Sarah. Well done. Uh, your old soul comes out mm -hmm. and uh, shows itself every now and then by dragging up some Seeger. I love well some Seeger. I got Seeger in the divorce. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? You got Seeger in the. You got, got all the albums. albums. You'll get the albums. albums. <laughs> I got the vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> he got Krista oh. Berg. I got Seeger. <laughs> I won. <laughs> <laughs> you were the lady in the red. No, you were in the black on that one. It worked out well. Turn the oh, page. Uh, All Chief right, Dale McPhee's listening to this ridiculousness and going, what on earth have I got myself into one more time? Oh, Chief McPhee, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Are we going to talk about Seeger versus Christopher here? Hey, we can easily. Are you a Se Are you Seeger or Deber? Oh, I'd have to go with Seeger. Thank yeah. you. you know, okay. yeah, I'm a, that doesn't mean you, 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 you're making fun of anybody else. No. It's just that as a preference. Yeah, that's but, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, we we also had a conversation this oh, morning boy. about you being uh, you know an Oiler fan, and uh, I don't know if you heard that. I called you a homer. <laughs> Is that no, okay? I, I, I missed that. That's okay. Yeah, on that particular incident, we'll take that. Well, Jay well, Lynn thought. Do you go ahead tell him what you thought that meant? Well, when he called you, I'm like, you're calling the chief a homer, like ah, oh, and I thought he was talking Homer, like Homer Simpson, like the oh, Simpsons. Hey, Jay Lynn, easy. And I thought, Daryl, what are you doing here? And as it turns out, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I was a homer on that one. So anyway, I thought this is not the best way to start our monthly chat. Oh my goodness, uh, Chief! But it is our monthly chat yeah. with uh, Police Chief uh, Tell me Thanks for for joining us. And you know, since we're on the topic of of the Oilers, we've obviously we had the watch party. So much fun scene, so much activity. But we had a few moments uh, mm -hmm. in that uh, in that uh, clinching game, and some changes have been made uh, as a result of it. Uh, first off, are are you happy with the changes that are going into? into effect and that started last night i guess yeah no for sure and i mean it, it's a great partnership oeg between uh, them the police service and certainly the city of edmonton uh obviously we want a safe environment for the fans to enjoy the experience and uh i think the, the clear message is if, if people are down there for the wrong reasons they'll be dealt with accordingly and uh you know we got to keep in mind though although uh, that's a small number of people that those small number of people can actually disrupt and uh, turn something that's a very good event into a not so good event so you know more presence uh more security more cameras uh, all those things that uh you know, make it uh, very hard for somebody to go unnoticed, uh, make a difference. Chief, I know you can't go into details or won't go into details on, you know, the, 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 the security background, but I'm curious if you can just pull the curtains back a little bit on what it takes to, to plan security for nights like uh, game nights or the away games with the watch parties. Well, I mean, it's it's again, it's uh, you got to be uh, nimble. Um, obviously, setting up the appropriate command structure, work appropriately with the appropriate communication systems uh, are key, and then making sure that you have enough bodies to to physically deal with anything that might come your way. And you know, the good thing about our police service and certainly our city is, uh, like you know, with 500 and some protests. Not that this is a protest; this is a good thing. But you get good because there's some similarities. It, it's basically people, large amounts of people in an area. Area, and you just really want to create a safe environment uh, for the function at hand. And so there's things that we can take over, including, you know, working directly with those folks on the ground to making 
ensure that we can quickly respond. Uh, you know, you did mention the partnership between the city and uh, Orders Entertainment Group and Edmonton City Police. Uh, was there a discussion about, uh, because the yeah, OEG decided to, to make the uh, the watch parties outside and 18-plus mm-hmm. events, uh, obviously to keep kids out of a potentially dangerous situation, I suppose, just to make sure that the kids are safe. Uh, was that was that a, a sort of a group committee decision? Do you know, uh, maybe, and maybe you don't know, uh, so it yeah, might be no. unfair putting it to you, but... No, no, for sure. That's a that's a group decision, and then obviously moving that particular younger group and families into, you know, the city hall hall area, you know, just gives a better chance to ensure safety. Because the the last thing, you know, when crowds get excited or somebody uh, does something that, that could uh, rile a crowd up, those things escalate fast. And sometimes it's better just to um, have, uh, you know, particularly the kids uh, in a different environment where it's more obviously less alcohol uh, if uh, should be a nun down in that area and uh, you know it's really yeah. about the game and I mean it's really all about the game some uh, enjoy it in different ways but mm-hmm. uh, if everybody focuses and keep it about the game and the good you know good things generally happen that's just unfortunately some people uh, like to exploit that as well yeah it's just really infuriating I know that there are a lot of people who are under 18 just wanted to be part of that yeah. that that moment in the dice district etc any chance it gets revisited Depending on how think, things are working out, you know, every day or every game, I should say, not every day, every game, this uh, gets revisited and looked at, and uh, what went right, what went wrong, what do we need to improve on? So, I mean, we've revisited several things uh, to say it'll change. Um, you know, hard to say. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it, it all is going to be the decisions uh, by three groups at that time are met made by two reasons is safety and you know to get uh, obviously a very good fan experience uh, for people to enjoy it but not at the risk of safety. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee joining us this morning you're talking about enjoying the game Chief curious to know how you've been enjoying the games and especially as a former hockey player. Well I'm a diehard and uh, I think we've talked before back when I was uh, president of the Prince Albert Raiders that's when uh, Leon came uh, from Germany to Canada and uh, watching him develop and grow and getting to know the the good partners and the great partners the others are and certainly you know being from St. Albert years ago uh, uh, grew up with it so I've got that oiler blood and uh, obviously we want them to do well and uh, I think we just seen a blip uh, yesterday but uh, you know Saturday's uh, the good thing about sports is Saturday's a new game and uh, the best thing is a short memory so we can get the next one. Uh, you know what? Uh, if we can get you to stay on the line and come back after the commercial break, we have a bunch of other things we want to get into with, with uh, police and transit uh, teams and bail reform, a bunch of stuff. Can you hang on the line? Yep, you bet. Chief Dale McPhee, right after this again. 15 Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee joining us uh, for our monthly conversation um, on the weekend chief uh, on the West Block uh, the public uh, safety minister Marco Mendicino told our Mercedes Stevenson that the Liberal government will table legislation that includes reforms to Canada's bail laws before the House of Commons rises for the summer this has been long awaited your thoughts well, you know, I, I, I'm optimistic and hopeful, as uh, you're probably aware. There's a small group of us chiefs, uh, mm-hmm. uh, belong to the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police, met with uh, all the premiers of every province. Uh, this and a few other topics had this discussion, of which time the, the premiers wrote uh, a, a pretty good letter, I thought, that uh, included both of all the agreement that we had in this particular point. And things need to change. I mean, uh, 
you know, uh, there's a lot of things that go into this. I, I think I've shared some of the numbers that we've seen here in relation to the two years prior to C75 and the two years after. Um, and just basically, you know, the intent of what the legislation at the time was uh, – was very meaningful and trying to get the vulnerable people out of the out of the justice system. And I think every police service, certainly Edmonton Police Service, or most police services for sure, have taken big steps to, to, to make that happen. You know, creating PAC teams, help teams, and I could go on about how those have been successful. But on the other side, there's more and more people getting out uh, and the, the violence that's occurring with this. And I, and I want to really emphasize it's about the violent offenders. It's not just about the average person that, you know, is in a justice system for lesser offenses. These are really, really serious offenses so much that in the comparative analysis that we did, uh, you know, uh, the people that were out on release uh, for the two years previous were responsible for three homicides. And this particular time, that same number um, is up to 22 homicides with 26 deceased. So, and, and there's a whole bunch of violence associated. So does it need to change? You bet. Is it a serious concern? You bet. And, uh, and I think the urgency is absolutely what we need because um, this isn't something, and, and the whole thing escalated, as you know, is when we lost eight officers uh, in a period of just seven months to, to basically, for lack of better words, to, to murder. And uh, and those aren't Canadian numbers. Those are, you know, you know, not to diminish or, or to put this on the on our colleagues down south, but those are U.S. numbers and other parts of the world numbers. And this is very concerning. And, and a lot of it's coming from those particular avenues, those. And then the other thing that we also discussed was mental health addictions. And and, you know, government's investing into an ecosystem to actually deal with this growing problem. Um, so the promise of bail reform to come, but if there's one thing that has to be within that bail reform, what is it? Is it simply just increasing that threshold for what you can, how you can get bail if you are charged with a violent offense, or is it only based on previous record? What's the thing you need to see in it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's several things. I think it's, you know, definition of a repeat violent offender, you know, using data differently, obviously, uh, where we're in a data age where we have the ability to look at this different, I think, is, is an important thing. You know, some have talked about reverse onus. Uh, some have talked about mental health assessments. Uh, you know, I think it's a combination of things, but what really what it needs to do is get back to accountability in the system, and it's not uh, everybody released on first instance because, you know, they have a reason. Uh, I think it gets a a little more serious when we're talking about dangerous violence here that uh, you know uh, those individuals that see there's two things and I've, I've said this often you know we're trying to get you know a lack of better words the people that maybe some people are mad at out of the justice system if they're not violent but the, there's the other side of this violent offenders are responsible for 50 percent of recontact in the justice system and you know we need to ensure that community is being safe when it comes to this group of individuals so it's a bit of an overhaul on the intake process and overhaul on the assessment process. Some have mentioned reverse onus. I think that in some cases has some merit, but, um, you know, I think there's a lot of tools in the toolbox that are way more better or way better than what we have today. All right, let's switch gears to uh, the LRT system. Earlier this week, uh, EPS announced that I think 18 officers being redeployed to the city's LRT system to help with that public and, and, and transit safety, something that we've been talking about, Chief, for a long, long time. Yeah. Your hopes on that front, how's this going to work? Well, I mean, as, as we said, uh, Jalen, in 
they've talked often we're going to move positions and, you know, the escalation in transit and the disproportionate amount of violence in transit versus the rest of the city. We absolutely uh, believe that we need to be there. Uh, you know, it's been talked about, do we need to, uh, that we're not wanted there, that we need permission? No, we don't. That's, uh, I'm not sure where that, who spins that, but the reality is, is we need to be there. We're moving positions around, but as you see, when we started to have an impact on Chinatown, some of the other is it moves it around. So what we need to obviously do, and the big announcement of the, of the province uh, giving us 50 more officers to, to deal with this, that is our long-term plan. We are going to build a plan to make this sustainable. Uh, we feel that transit and the patterns and, and the statistics over time have uh, escalated to the point where, you know, this can no longer be tolerated and we need to build a sustainable plan that has uh, permanent presence down there and that will go to our commission in the, in the coming months. But in the meantime and in the interim, we're going to redeploy some of our suppression teams. But as I said, this is a great step because we need to be there, but it does just like we predicted in, you know, when we start to have more presence in Chinatown and the downtown, it moves it around. So we know this will happen again. So really what we're trying to do is recruit as fast as we can to build that sustainability to uh, make some of these things permanent because that's really what's needed, this one, two-year funding, one, you know, different things and say we're just going to go in short term. And, you know, we did have statistic or uh, success last time when we used overtime to drop it down, but then it returns. And, and you know, as you know, uh, just deploying through overtime when it, at a time where it's hard to even get people out on overtime isn't a sustainable solution. So that's that's our focus. Uh, quickly, it is warmer. Uh, it's, it's, you know, people are not necessarily gathering in LRT for warmth and or shelter. So we're getting into a season where perhaps it might be easier. Is it important to still have those teams engaged and set the scene to be prepared for the next winter when the escalation might arrive. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I think you know, transit is is something people use all year round. Uh, you know, very, there's other various modes of transportation that they don't use year round. But uh, you know, investments into making sure that uh, we're doing that long term, and you know, it's uh, uh, these things. Crime doesn't stop, and and some of this violence doesn't stop. As to to your point, uh, Daryl, it, it moves around, and you know, we need to be nimble, and we need to make sure that every part of our system is connected to hold people accountable in these particular spaces. So, you know, that's our plan. We're not building something that's short-term uh, like has been done in the past. We want to build something that's long-term, sustainable, and that's actually going to address these concerns that have been there for a long time. All right, Chief, we'll leave it there for this uh, Thursday for our May conversation. We'll look forward to talking to you again next month. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. And, uh, you know, keep up those good music discussions. <laughs> and, yeah, it's okay to call me a homer when it comes to the others. Really, really appreciate what you guys do. Daryl can call you a homer. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm not doing it. Thanks, Chief. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. 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 Now. Uh, we have, I didn't know that that was what the homer meant. I'm a homer, too. I Googled Homer. I Googled Homer this morning. Come on. 52 years old, and I realize. A home team fan whose judgment might be a little clouded because of their love for their own home team. Yeah, fine.